foodie. 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 Hey, welcome to the Not A Foodie Show. I am Tom, and with me as always is... It's Mike Miranti, Mikey Pomodoro. How you doing? It's chicken Palm Parm Poppy. I can't, that's a tongue twister. Sorry. Chicken, chicken Palm Poppy. Wow, that was bad. <laughs> a lot of people call me Mickey. Like, like, like a lot of people call me... Like, not, like, it happened like once. I was like, oh, that's weird. No one's going to do that. And it happens like a lot. No one's ever in my life people, called me Mickey. And Mickey, Mickey is, is like a nickname for yeah. Michael. But, but it's it's very Irish and you are not Irish. And the the You are a lot of things. <laughs> well anyway, welcome to the Not a Foodie Show. We're gonna talk And we're back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mikey Pomodoro. <laughs> How are you, dude? <laughs> I'm fucking tired. I uh, I just got back from West Palm Beach, not a vacation. I uh, helped my mom clear out her condo, just filled up contractor bags full of shit for a long weekend. But I ate really well. West Palm Beach may be, may be the most underrated food city in America. No way. Truly. No way. Uh, bro, I mean, it's good. Bro, it's good. You, I've been. You had to, There's you money have to there. search for things. You have to yeah. spend some time on Google and cross-reference it with Yelp and, like, put a little time to find the spots. But when you find these spots, bro, we were, like, blown away with how good some of this food was. What is the best bite okay. you had? I don't want to go into West Palm and how horrible No, it no. But, yeah. sorry, Florida um, people. But. Nola Oysters. It was around the corner from our condo. And it's okay. kind of just like oysters, like baked clams, but oysters. Broiled oysters, yeah. I got an entree. We got a couple of appetizers, and then I got a red snapper entree, which was good. But I wasn't that hungry, and I wish that I just had ordered my own appetizer of the Nola oysters for my entree. <laughs> were they just like like they garlic were. and butter oysters? Like just broiled garlic Pretty, and butter yeah, oysters? Yeah, uh, breadcrumbs, parsley. Oh, breadcrumbs, uh, breadcrumbs too. Yeah, okay. yeah, like baked clams. We went to the spot Alio Olio, and they are going to take over uh, the South in probably five years. They are what is Mikey Pomodoro. Like, is... So uh-huh. Mikey Pomodoro is if Shake Shack was Italian. These guys are if Olive Garden was good. They make they have probably like <laughs> eight different shapes of pasta, and they make them all fresh. And then they do like chicken, veal, shrimp, eggplant. You can get it parm, marsala, salt and boca, whatever. And you get your your entree, you get your side of pasta, a little garlic bread, a little salad. Phenomenal. Great wine list. $50 bottles of wine to $150 bottles of wine. Heavy hitters. Like, really just like... Are they a chain, though? Are they just... They are a chain as in they have two with a third opening. And they're planning Ah. on... The way I learned this, the way it works down there is like... You know, 15-minute drive is like another town or whatever. So you'll drive 15 minutes, but there are places that will have one location in like every 15 minutes. So West Palm Beach, great food city. I'm going to respectfully disagree with you on that. But okay. (laughs) I'm glad you had a good time. I'm sorry you're tired. I was also tired, but my wife made a giant – we're recording in the morning, which we don't – usually do or we hadn't usually done in a while but my wife made a gigantic cold brew pot last night before bed so like the forethought of being able to to have that is something that like i am so grateful that my wife remembers (laughs) to do this every night or when when we're both going to be working from home so i've got my giant iced cold brew right now and i am vibrating you have the little japanese cold brew pot no i've got a just a big french press I got it. Yeah, mm. a big French press. And it, it's a French press that is designed for cold brew. It, we've got a smaller one that we use when it's just a couple of us. And then we've got a big one when we've got guests. Or when you're just both working from home. Exactly. <laughs> but speaking of coffee, I, I don't know if it's just me. I have been seeing so much coffee content come through the feed over the past month or so. And I wanted to talk about... Yeah. The sort of like the elevation of coffee culture and the elevation of coffee into an an ingredient into cocktails. And I feel like this has been something that has come and gone like over and over again. I I have a lot to talk about the espresso martini. I I have words to say. That's it. Like, I mean, so I'm like I'm Gen X. I was 
raised in like the first coffee revolution when when everybody just hung out in coffee shops and coffee shops pop started popping oh they're opening places. a starbucks we have to go yeah we got exactly exactly like the first starbucks in new york i was like I, I gotta go and then i was like oh this isn't as good as you know the little local coffee shop but i feel like i've seen i've been through the coffee wars i've seen it i'm a grizzled old veteran but this is really interesting because just over the past month, I saw an article about the espresso martini. I saw an article about Food & Wine wrote an article calling the espresso tonic the drink of the summer of 2023. Which- Every time someone said the drink of the summer besides an Aperol spritz, they've always been wrong. Ask me how many Dirty Shirley's I've ever had. Fucking zero. I'm an adult. That was well. That I was, hate was, dirty shirts. Last level. year, that was last year. The, the Negroni Spagliato was was the drink of the summer. Everyone was drinking that. Like that, that was, was something of that a people. TikTok. That's well. That's how these things start. No, that's no, how these that was a TikTok start. video, and people are like, "Oh, what is that? Let me order one." Then it just blew up. But people, there were people were writing articles. The dirty Shirley is the drink of the summer. Yes, because that's what I need is a Sprite grenadine vodka tummy ache. I. Have never had a dirty Shirley. I don't think because you're an adult. Spagliato. I'm like, uh, yeah, whatever. One of I'd the, rather just the, have the an espresso spritz. tonic. Have you had an espresso tonic? It's, it's just no, it's tonic it, water. Is it alcohol? Espresso. Yeah, that sounds gross. It's not. It's and it's actually not gross. It's I, I've had it. I think it was I had it at, at one of the fancy food shows that we went to a while back. It was invented in in some Nordic country. I think it was Sweden. And it's just sort of a, you know, a non-alcoholic is it, cocktail. It's a di- different way to have your coffee. Are they selling them as like a, like a can? Or no, like no, no, no. It's like you have to go and make it at, you know, your baristas mm-hmm. are, are doing it. And that's, then that leads me to another article that I came across, which is about how coffee shops are basically the new bars. Or not the new bars, but the line between a coffee shop and like a bespoke cocktail lounge is sort of becoming blurry where they're both using the same techniques. And I was in Detroit over over the winter and I was at a coffee shop in Detroit that you walked in and you're like, this could be a bar or this could be a coffee shop. And they were doing some crazy things with with coffee cocktails and they were doing some crazy things just with coffee in general, just, you know, making coffee tonics and, and things like that. So then there's that. And then I came across another article that talks about the espresso martini. No, no, no. I love the espresso martini. Again, grizzled Gen Xer. In the early 2000s, the espresso martini was sort mm-hmm. of like all over the place. And it was this like sweetened version. And this is this is so when if you put you, anything in a martini glass, they called it a martini. When you make an espresso martini when, when mm-hmm. you, in New York, your your liquor rep will always be like, listen, I'm in this stupid contest. Can you buy this like package of like four bottles of vodka so I can like win? And you say, yeah, of course, whatever, because you said you give me free shit sometimes. So then you have like a weird bottle of like um, cinnamon roll vodka or something. And that's what the espresso martini is best for is because (laughs) normally you you, in a in a classic espresso martini recipe, you use vanilla vodka when you have that weird cinnamon bun vodka or chocolate cake vodka or whatever weird uh what what's the name of that brand burnett's just some weird like burnett's college sweet vodka that's what you use in the espresso martini gross like if sorry to interrupt but i feel like if if i'm going to have an espresso martini I, i like espresso i guess like vodka i don't know i mean vodka is sort of inoffensive and flavorless but so like i can understand adding things to it i'm all for boozy coffee cocktails i just can't stand when they're way too sweet and that's my issue at at feroce which is where i worked right before covid uh shout out to the espresso martini for surviving covid by the way yeah right because that like that that's a cocktail that like we would get one person orders it and everyone at the table orders it. So doesn't matter if it's a four person table or a 20 person table. And whenever I think of espresso martini, I just think of my friend Grant, who was the bartender, who he would get 20 espresso martinis and Grant makes the best espresso martini in the city. And then he would get 20 more espresso martinis. I can't imagine getting two espresso martinis 
but I do like one. Why? Why can't you imagine? Is it just because it's, it's too sweet? It's it's sweet and it's coffee. Like yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't need that much in my body. What? So one of the things that was blowing up on Instagram this week was the trend of adding a little bit of shaved Parmigiano Reggiano to the top of an espresso <laughs> martini. Wait, so you, I knew, I knew it, I knew it. I purposely I mean, I didn't say this if, in the pre-call because I wanted to see what you would, what, what your reaction. If, would be. if I ordered an espresso martini, and then I know they're like, if they graded it tableside in my head, they're bringing out the fucking. The uh, Olive Garden. You're having a Caesar the, salad? The, the hand crank <laughs> yeah. one that was hilarious. Yeah. But if you put some real, like, Parmigiano Reggiano is an incredible ingredient. I, little salt, little rich, like, sure. I, I'm not against it. I don't hate that. I just, it, it's, it's funny baseline it is just a funny thought to it's do. someone went i mean i have to imagine we, that like you can't you can't have a sweet like one of those overly sweet with chocolate drizzle sort of espresso martinis if you're gonna put some parmigiano reggiano in it but like no but if you're doing a vanilla pe- yeah people put honey no people have honey and parmigiano reggiano that that's a thing so if you're doing just like a vanilla vodka uh, especially if it's a, a okay. good vodka yeah i I don't hate it. I definitely don't hate it. I haven't tried it. I haven't. I, I mean, I might have to try it now. Yeah, where are they doing but this? But some Instagram oh. guy, a bar consultant at the Bitter Gringo, just <laughs> this guy, Jonathan David Stanyard, he put it on his account. All of a sudden, it blew up. And most people that try it are like, you know what? It's pretty good. And what they are saying is that it's not the sweetness that plays off of the Parmesan, but the bitterness of the coffee with the umami of the the parmesan how how parmesan are they Arigiana. doing the parmesan what it's texture grated, is it like microplaned microplaned okay. microplaned but just a little bit it's not like you're making a fucking carbonara no like, no no just, uh, yeah it's a little, just a little, little bit little on float. top a little, little parmesan yeah. float some people are like fuck no i'm never gonna do this that's disgusting but most people are like you know what it's actually pretty good uh, yeah, and then look dairy and what, coffee the article go together, that i read it, it makes sense to me that's what i was gonna say the article that i read was like well coffee and cheese go together in a lot of you know in in mexican cultures um and that's what sort of led him to try this out and coffee and cheese chocolate and cheese all of those those flavors Mm -hmm. go together it it sounds like it sounds like one of those weird combinations like i mean for a while do you remember the weird combination people were doing with um it was a tiktok trend i think it was coffee and orange juice a shot of orange juice in their coffee no it's gross I, and, look, if yeah, someone does it, something and I think it and I deem it gross, that's it. I don't like I'll, I'll give some. You're I'll not going to try something even if someone says it's yeah. uh, no, if I deem it gross, it's gross. Why? why what do I need I to have an what orange was, juice in the coffee? Like, that's just called diner breakfast. I don't know if if you were like this in college or if this was just a pure like late 90s thing. But like coming up with like shots that. You take a bunch of things together, and you, and then all of a sudden, it tastes no, like that, Dr. Pepper that died or cream in the 90s, soda or something. Absolutely. Yeah, I that, thought that, so. that was thing. like, that, I mean, that was me when I was twenty years old or, eight, or yeah. nineteen years old, going to a bar and be like, "Oh, does someone want the in, birthday cake shot?" Or in whatever. high and, school, you know, I thought it was super cool. I was like, "Oh, that's what college is like." And then you go to college, and yeah. you're like, "Oh no." We're just <laughs> drinking slamming shots beer. and drinking beer and slapping the bag. <laughs> we were drinking natty ice, <laughs> the ice era of beers. Oh was like Bud Ice, Natty Ice. Everyone had an ice, Molson Ice. I went to school up on the Canadian border, so like lots of Molson. Oh, Molson Triple X was what we would do. They couldn't they couldn't sell it in the US, so whenever like anyone would go over the border, we'd have them bring back like ten cases of Molson Triple X because it was higher in alcohol. It tasted like absolute shit. Shit. But it was higher in alcohol content and it got you. Well what up they quick. like they freeze the beer, right? To get it like higher in alcohol or something? I, oh, I, I don't even know. Who knows? Yeah. It's probably all marketing. Like anyway, should we talk about our should we talk about our guest? Or should we conclude the the coffee conversation? I think the coffee conversation has concluded itself. Yeah. No, it, we. I have nothing left to say. I started drinking black coffee to um, stop, like, having cravings for sweets so bad. Dude, you know what my best method for for cutting out the cravings is whenever I would crave something, when I was craving sweets or anything, like if I was craving a snack and I wanted to stop snacking, I would just – drop and do like 10 push-ups 
as soon as I got the crave, I would just drop and do ten push ups. <laughs> and that that stopped it really quickly. That that's like that, that's the great. best that's way. Fire. Yeah. You could kick heroin by, by by doing that. I mean I've never been on heroin. Well, I don't know. We yeah, <laughs> that's not uh battle tested, but whatever. I've solved our horrible opioid crisis. Just do push ups. Just do push ups. Yes, yes. Just okay, Nancy Reagan. Just now do push ups. Sound like Joe Rogan. Now it sounds like Joe Rogan. <laughs> Oh no, Joe Joe Rogan just, would be like, just smoke Kratom. Like, <laughs> all right. Okay. <laughs> Let's, this has gone off the rails. We should talk about our guest. Yes. So, dude, set him up. Uh, our guest today is Chef Adam Lahara. Uh, Adam and I have known each other since we were eighteen. We took uh, menu costing together freshman year of college at SUNY Delhi. <laughs> He is now um, Julius Randall's private chef. Uh, Julius I was going to say, you're burying the lead there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Julius shouts him out post-game. Um, we we talk Julius about Randall, New York Nick, all-star. MVP, all-star, not MVP. MVP yeah. not, yes. Um, the conversation was awesome. We talked about, first of all, you know who he is, where he grew up. And what inspired him with food. Then we talked about the pressures of being part of basically being part of Julius's team. Like he, and he is how he's got to just so elevate himself. Integral to Julius Randall. Yeah. A, a big guy that is like hurt sometimes. He he's in charge of what Julius is putting into his body. You're a personal chef. You're catering to the tastes of Julius and Julius's wife and family. And he's got two small kids. And then there's that added extra of having to make sure that you're hitting numbers as far as proteins and what macros. aminos are going into your body and yeah, all the macros. And I, it was it was just a, a great conversation. What I got from from him is just how lucky and blessed he feels to be doing this and the that's pressure that how, he puts on himself. And that's who it, Adam is. Make it he, the best he can. He's been like that since we were like 18 and he was talking about getting his first uh, Manhattan internship. You know, that that's just who he is. He's just a salt of the earth, as good as they come kind of guy. He's a good, good all, right. all around dude who deserves everything that's uh, coming his way. Well, I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it. So here he is, Chef Adam Lahara. And we're back. Uh, it's Mike Moranti, Tom Miale, and we're getting to sit down with a good friend of mine, Adam Lahara. He is Julius Randall's personal chef. He's a private chef. I'm lucky enough that uh, we went to college together for freshman year. So we're in our uh, early 30s and have known each other since we were 18. Um, so, yeah, Adam, uh, how are you doing, bro- brother? Hey, Mike. Hey, Tom. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's an honor to be here. I'm oh, man. Well, you know. Yeah, we, we, you. we, we appreciate you being here. This is, this is awesome. In our new season, early on in our new season, man, we were so psyched to start talking to people again. And I can't think of, you know, a better person. Like, good get, Mikey. Good get, Pomodoro. Yeah. <laughs> I, it was so easy, too. It was the, maybe the easiest <laughs> one ever. Adam, man, like, so... We we talked a little bit about who you are, but like, why don't you give us like your your path? Like, how how did you start doing what you're doing, cooking for athletes, and and just you know, how did you how did end you up where you are? Chef? Yeah, man. To be honest, I never even thought I'll be where I'm at right now today. To say that at the least, I it was really just like you said. We was talking previously, just curiosity. You know, my curiosity helped me put in my you know my ten thousand hours of of work and passion, and that's how um I got where I'm at. The love. As a kid, uh, going into the kitchen with my grandma, my grandparents cooking, asking them a thousand questions. They probably wanted me in the kitchen because they just wanted to make a meal, getting frustrated at me. But that <laughs> grew and built, and um, that's where I'm at right now, you know? Oh, man. I So I love that. In my family, um, there's my grandfather always cooked. My like the men in my family were always in the kitchen, which was crazy. I mean, my you know, the women in my family cooked too, but the men in my family cooked a lot, and I feel like that you know grandpa in the kitchen was one of my biggest influences and it's it's sort of it sparked my cr- curiosity for food so I, I i'm feeling you there Good. that's great adam what what culture are you man what 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 kind of food um, did you I'm grow just, up eating i'm the my culture my background is dominican but i was born in new york 
Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up eating a lot of Hispanic and Hispanic Creole food, a lot of stews, a lot of root veg, uh, salads, and also a lot of seafood because where my family comes from, they come from the coast of Dominican Republic. So they're big on the seafood. Uh, I was nice. eating crab and octopus at an early age. I remember picking through it, breaking through all the crab legs when I was like five and just taking out all the meat out and just You're eating myself. good for a five-year-old. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was blessed. I was blessed. I have to say, you know. Is that still like like now? Is that like, do you, do you like, do you gravitate towards seafood? Is that like comfort food for you? Yeah, that's definitely comfort food. I do gravitate to seafood. I love cooking seafood and especially um, in the industry when I, you know, learning different cuisines, um, picking up and seeing what different cultures do to different seafoods. Um, it's been inspirational, but it's something I definitely gravitate to seafood and I try to keep everything that I do in the kitchen that has a part of me and my background and my food. So very important. Yeah. Very important. New York is such a diverse place and working around all New York city, you pick up so much, you know, you pick so much brains and ideas and different cuisines. Um, so I put that in my plate, but I also try to stay true to myself using the, like, the integrity and the ingredients, you know, I make sure that I use where my nationality and my food as well. So yeah. when, when's the last time that you cooked on a line and how did you become, how did you go into the personal private chef route? Uh, the last time, that's a great question. The last time I cooked on a line was about post COVID. I'm going to say like a real, real professional kitchen line post COVID got furloughed. Um, then I started at you like. You want to say what restaurant? I was actually I was actually working. I was, to be honest, I was at a bad uh mind space. I was working at a union, at a union spot oh. called Novatel. And you know, there's different there's different levels. Like people in the kitchen would know there's different levels. You know, you got your mom and pop spots. You got your corporate. That's pretty much where I was at. It was like a end place for a lot of people. It was a lot of guys that like. A lot of cooks, they were like 65, 70, did some bad situations. They got very bitter. And it was just a huge lesson for me to not, to get to that point, you know, to become a, be- a bitter person, a bitter cook. And then it was it was a blessing in disguise. You know, I was miserable at the location, was there for two years. But I learned a lot, you know. And um, from there. You learn a lot in corporate. People yeah. like to shit on corporate for like obvious reasons, but there's a reason why they're successful. You learn it is. a lot. But you also learn from those yeah. from those horrible experiences. I mean, I've learned more Yo. from shitty jobs and like and the bitterness, right? Like when you when you love what you do and then all of a sudden you're in an environment where it's sucking that love out of it. I mean, that's Yeah, that's it was You know it's time for a change, misery. right? Yeah, it, is, it really it is. is. It was just sad to see like they were such sweet people, but they were just so bitter and they didn't like when um like you go out and about to do extra work. It was just the whole culture in there was not healthy at all. It's it's a it's a safety net for sure. I understand why people do it. Has a lot of benefits, but at the same time, it doesn't feed the passion. It doesn't feed the fuel. You know that you that you if you are a, a true person that loves the industry and wants to grow as an individual and loves to cook. I say maybe try it out. You know, everybody has the you know. I was gonna say, how did you go from from that to being? Julius Randall's Julius Sanders. Yeah, like well, how did that at happen? the at the at the time I was at the uh, at the union shop, I was like, working like two or four, like two or three gigs at the side. So I was working with all these. I was networking because I was just at a, a bad headspace. Before previous the union, I was working at a bunch of mom and pops and um like high end restaurants. But um, I started working. I started networking and um on Instagram, met a lot of like people that I saw that was inspirational. They were doing these uh, chef's tables. They were just independent and they were doing things that I would like to do. So I reached out and, you know, I was like, hey, you know, I don't mind working for free. You know, I have my nine to five, my bread and butter, but, you know, I'll do that on the side, you know, sacrifice my time just to learn how to become like the private route, how how just to seek a, a lane, how to like start approaching to become an independent person, you know, just looking for mentors or whatnot. So that's how it happened. I met, I stumbled upon this great person named Chef Kelvin. He's one of my one of my mentors. Um, he's a big personal chef. He's a celebrity chef. He's, he's been a Rod chef. Well, that a Rod chef is actually Chef Trill. I, that's that's the first person I stumbled into. Actually, I, I stumbled into Chef Trill, and he was the chef for J Lo and a Rod. And then with him, he had we was like there was just a lot of parties and events. I end up networking. I end up meeting Chef Kelvin. 
and I was working a lot of private events, doing like these uh, top hedge clients, a lot of celebrity clients. And from there, um, the opera, like I was working with them for like two years, got furloughed. I was with them for like a year and a half doing uh, private events. And then the agents for Julius Randall contacted Chef Kelvin and they were looking for a personal chef. I volunteered and I went there, did a five course menu for him, his wife, the kids. And I his got his son's so funny. He's super funny. He, he's a comedian. I was going to ask you about the kids, man. Those kids look awesome. The kids are amazing. They're amazing. They're full of personality. They're young. I just can't imagine when they get older, but they are a ball. They make work fun. Do you have to like cater down to their food, to their tastes? Like you got to make hot dogs in the corner for them or like how's, yeah, how's that? Are you, making, like, uh, are you making like lobster mac and cheese for them? Are you just like what? taking like kids they're, they're... classics and elevating them? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. You know, they're kids. So they're going to eat like kids food, like chicken tenders or whatnot. You got to, you know. They want their dino diet. nuggies. You yeah. Know, <laughs> you know, but are you, are you making them? Are you like? Breading no, chicken a, tenders and panko? Yeah. Okay, word. I'm doing word. all that. I'm, I'm doing or, word, Are you like, oh, it's you know, the kids. I'm just going to heat up some dino nuggies. <laughs> the, they, they, to be honest, like the the little one, like the new, the newborn, Jace, he, he eats insane. He got, eats everything. Such as Kaiden, too. Kaiden eats everything as well, you know. And they're too funny. They, they make work fun in there. They're always running around the kitchen, you know. If I'm cooking something up, they're asking me for something. You know, it's a good vibe. Oh man, that's awesome! And you gotta, it, uh, you gotta love it. You gotta like, you. I could tell just by talking to you that, like, you, the joy that you get from you know cooking for for a family like that. But I guess yeah. you know. So so there's the challenges, right? Like you you want to cook things that are delicious for them, but then there's the added, uh, like the nutrition and you know jacking up the protein, making sure that you got you know that you can fall into the routine that um, you know athletes are in a routine right like they eat a lot then they take yeah, a nap or they do different you know and then they maybe have a light snack yeah. or whatever like so like marrying those two has got to be challenging what's what's your typical day like like do you uh, on the off season i am definitely breakfast lunch and dinner in the off season you know he's um julius is training at least two to three times he has you know physical you know, uh, he does a workout maybe at six in the morning and then he goes shoot around and he's doing something else or he's doing like a a, a mind uh, mind or physical therapy or yoga. It's almost like four times he's going to gym. So I do breakfast, lunch and dinner for the family and for any guests, you know, that comes through for game days, like on the regular season. I'm basically there sometimes for dinner and then I do like pregame and dinner as well. And I do a lot of meal prepping. Tom, some of the stuff he cooks, he'll throw on his IG story. I'm, I'm like, yo, is that for Julius? He's like, yeah. I'm like, that's why he's dropping 50. <laughs> but, but there, I, there's I some best. correlation. There's a tiny bit of correlation between him hiring Adam and getting MVP chance at the garden. I that's feel all like, I'm saying. I feel like I'm like, I'm feeling like Adam Sandler right now in Uncut Gems. I feel like I feel like it's like you know I know I got the inside scoop. I'm gonna go bet my life savings now on depending on what you're putting on your IG story, man. If that oh, looks man. good, I'm betting on the Knicks. Put your money on them. We're gonna coming for that chip. We coming for that chip this year. But it's it's been a blessing. It's been a big insight, you know, just to see. Sometimes you know, growing up, you know, you see these famous like let's say these famous or these known people and. Just to get humanized, just to see, you know, be with them at their presence. It's just to really see, like, just like the hard work he, like, they put in. Like, he puts in work, like, hard work, like, all the time. And he's, I know he's hard on himself, and he just wants to be better. You know, he's, he has to hungry to win, you know? Yeah, and I think the- what, I, what I appreciate about, about him is it's the physical side of it, you know, the, the ca- yeah. taking care of your body, but also the mental side of it. I mean, I know he's very big into the meditation and, and yeah. all that, which is, you know, you got to be. Definitely. I, I saw this quote from him um, about playing with Kobe. And Kobe was like, listen, you have to always put the work in. All, like, always. Yeah, you can't cheat and they, they just landed and they got to where whatever city they're in. And they go straight to the gym because, and he's like, "Yeah, of course I did it because of Kobe said to." And then <laughs> he was just there, same city for, a, and was at the same place for an AM workout. And the guy lets him in. He's like, "Man, 
The last player that asked me to open early was Kobe. It, um, it's the work ethic that he has. Like, yeah, that's it. Ugh. Always show up. Always, always work hard. He's locked in. He's locked in. You know, he wants to be. He just he's trying to like break those walls <laughs> and keep just getting better and better. And if he dropped maybe like 40, 50, he wants to drop sixty. You know, and he wants to win. You know, and he wants to. It's the tunnel vision he has. He's hungry, and that's inspiring to be around there. I mean, be around that kind of energy. Every day, I have to go 100% in. Like, I have to, you know, go in there in dog mode, just straight up do the best of the best that I can, make sure I did my part. So when he's ready, he has to do his part so his body could function right. Yeah, man. And that's something to think about, right? Like, it's that what you're giving him to put into his body is a small part of it affects what's going on with him exactly, the nutrients, and like that. Yeah. so you got to show up just as just as much as he does how how does that work with the menu prepping are you trying to hit ma- like macros for him stuff yeah, we, like, is there like a nutrition element to it or is it a nutrition just like element for sure to it it's a i i stay away from a lot i do a lot of paleo cooking so i stay a lot from like refined sugars and dairy you know there's also going to be those cheat days you know cheat days are a little different mm-hmm. you know you have to you know you work so hard, you got to indulge once in a while, but, um, it's basically, I'm trying to hit the protein. I'm trying to hit the, the right carbs, not a lot of glycemic food, you know, and very clean. I dabble away from soy. I use a lot of like substitution, like coconut aminos. And- oh man, I did, I did a whole 30 and it stopped me from drinking diet Coke. I was hoping it would stop me from eating dessert. It didn't. But it put me, I still use soy sauce sometimes, but it put me onto coconut aminos. Bro, same here, bro. Those are, they are maybe the most underrated, like. Super underrated. uh, Like, I never. Condiment ever. Exactly, I agree. Listen, I'm going to give you, Adam, this one's for free for Julius. uh, Okay. Don't know, I could use it, bro. It's just, it's just air fried sweet potatoes with coconut aminos. I'm gonna check that. Get the salt, salt, pepper. Salt you know, se- season it. However, but just yeah. sweet potato, like just cut up, kind of like fries, air fried, coconut aminos. I'm gonna try that out. I love it, bro. It's, it's you're so right. It's it's, a, it's underrated. Like when I tried the plate, like the coconut aminos by itself, I took a teaspoon. I'm like, this is an umami bomb, and just like the viscosity of it, just to cook with it, it's perfect. Oh man, it's a perfect substitute. I, I'm a huge compo. Uh, Component, not component. Proponent. Proponent of Whole30. Uh, it, it, like, it, it's because you can just fucking eat as much as you want. Yeah, it is. Just, I, I've been reading you about can, that. You can just, like I said, it's called Whole30 because that's how many chickens you eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I want to hear about the cheat days, man. Like, that's, like, obviously, you know, oh. you talked about the high proteins and, and you know, the, the different types of aminos. But what's a cheat day look like? Is there something that, like, he has to do every cheat day it's i you know i i get scared to get complacent with him so i i push myself to do something at least one new dish every day because i'm afraid if i get stagnant it'll make me feel horrible like i just want to just keep on like because at, at the same point i'm his personal chef i'm also like in a way showing him new things you're part of his and, team and, yeah it's part of his team yeah so i'm just like showing you things he's like wow chef what is it so it's also like an educational part too like i got him eating avocados now he wasn't when i first met him he wasn't eating avocados there were certain things he wasn't eating but now he's adapting to it and his palate is insane now like the guy oh, yeah? diving in deep diving sushi now nice. all types of things like you're not even eating oysters it's amazing it's a blessing <laughs> even the, the wife as well the whole family as a whole is just, it's, it's been a blessing just to bless them with my hands Oh man! Um, well, if a, Julius Randall wants oysters, I've got oysters for yeah. him, and I would be honored. I grow oysters, actually. I got a plot. Oh, I, I grow. I got a little oyster we farm. We might have to get a bushel. <laughs> yeah, man. That's, I'd oh, be I'll, honored. I gotcha. I'm gonna let we you know. We could have them out to the house. I know. Yeah, we, come we out to my house on Long Island, man. We'll we'll we'll, we'll get some oysters together. Take him to the oyster. Yeah, you can come on the boat to the oyster farm. Well, that'd be imagine, amazing, though. Imagine we did that'd be that. Amazing. That'd be something to tell him. He might, might you know, you never know. <laughs> well, the if he... possibilities are endless. You're invited to. I mean, if, uh, Julius, if Julius can't make it, you know... Julius, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'll bring it. I'll mention it. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the a cheat day, uh, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's so many things. that he's, he's a big... That's what I've been telling Mikey. I'm like, Mike, I got to tell him about your spot. 
my apologies, Mike. I haven't I haven't been able to show love out there. He's been so busy, but he's big on Italian food. He went early for the first time last year. I can he's send him some time. chicken parm sliders, bro. That'd be Get, amazing. We'll, we'll put him at Uber. That'd be amazing. I'll let Tomorrow, you know whatever. on cheat day. Yeah, I'm, I'm at, right now. We're on playoff mode, but once the cheat day comes, <laughs> I got you. I got you. Um, it just it's it's uh. It's a it's he has a sweet tooth, so it's like desserts, breakfast, maybe a, a hunk of like French toast with like a maple brown butter, some apples caramelized in there. You know, it's the how you call it it's indulgence for sure. I tell you the cheat day. It could be like, uh, you know, shrimp toast or oh like, man, you know, Italian pasta heavy. Wow, um, I thought I loved him before. Now I'm like, now, now, <laughs> I mean, we got stuff he's, in common. He's, food. he's a foodie. He's yeah, a foodie. He's <laughs> I a love foodie. it. Well, what about you? Like, what do you, what do you like to cook? Like, what's your favorite thing to cook? On your, your on my day I'm off, you I'm probably don't want to cook, right? <laughs> yeah, I probably don't want to cook, but I do. Like, if I get like sporadic moments of inspiration, I go. I have a bunch of books I read, and I'm like, you know what? Let me test this out, and I'll go shop. But I'm big on. Asian flavors. I worked at a lot of Southeast Asian, Malaysian, worked for a couple of Tibet restaurants, um, Japanese for a while. And You, you worked know, at Tibetan fusion. restaurants? Yeah, Malaysian, Tibet. Yeah, I've met so much Tibet, Malaysians. Um, it what was, are the it, dumplings? Momos? Momos, man. Momos? Those, those, those are, those are yeah, like my cheat day food. <laughs> yeah, momos are delicious. It's just, yeah, um, it's like Asian food I'm going to do. I'm going to do some chow mein, some lo mein noodles, throw a bunch of shrimp in there, you know. I might, or I might be craving Italian. I might make some American Italian. I like my chicken marsala, you know. Oh my yeah. Linguini, my and my little some shrooms in there. Or I don't know. It depends. I might just be. I'll be craving my grandma's food. I'm like, you know what? I want to make some like eggplant stew with some white rice and fried plantains. I'm I'm, I'm the a, same I'm a hot way. Mess when it comes to it, I'm the same way. <laughs> I like so I cook I t- I cook pasta every Sunday and I make fresh pasta just because I I grew up Italian. And I grew up eating pasta on Sunday, but now I have to like make it make my own pasta and make it into a big project. And I got kids that That's you know, always want to do that. He has so, a cavatelli machine. Oh man, I, got, cavite- I need to get me one of those. Oh, I love it. I love it's it. It's very so great, and it's the best. Make the make the dough and just put it in there, and it'll just do it itself. You so I'm you got to make the dough. Um, you got to sort of roll it out into like a little cylinder, like like a little snake, and then you just sort of feed it through and crank it. And it's all, it looks like, you know, old school Italian, you know, and I used to do it by hand on the press, but my start with like, at, you know, after feeding like, you know, six to eight people, your hand starts to cramp up from making cavatelli. I don't know how those yeah. old Italian ladies do it all day long. That's what I want to say. I, I've been down to hit, hit like the, those, uh, those kitchens where they have the nonas in the back, just yeah. pulling them up. I'm like, man, these ladies, yo. And they, the elbow grease that they put in there is no joke. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's incredible. Wrong. You you said you were – were you just in Italy as well or you were in Julius? Yeah, Julius, and, and I was in Italy as well. It was amazing. Like, Julius was out there. And he was just going crazy. He loved it. But you go Italy to – the produce. Oh, my God. It's, it's really crazy. Like, you go to Bologna and there's just – there's all these old nonas on the street just rolling pasta. Like, just – and their Jeez. arms are like this. Their arms are like tree trunks, man. They, That's what I'm the saying. It's crazy. Talk about biceps and <laughs> <laughs> forearms. But you should do um, you you should do an Italian lasagna, not the American with the bechamel cotta, with yeah. just the, the super thin with the bechamel. That so will blow good. his. That will actually blow his mind. I, I've been saving that one. I, I have to like. I got to make fresh pasta sheets that day. No, you got it. Well. You, you could buy good fresh pasta sheets and save yourself a shit ton of time. There's nothing. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing yeah. like. Oh, you can't say that on this podcast, man. You can't say that. I make my own pasta. You get. I'm not a you, chef. You don't see the video, yeah. but his eyes lit up. He's like, oh yeah. <laughs> they they good? Yeah. No, yeah. they're not good. You can't do that. No, you, this is it. You gotta. I, I'll make you pasta sheets. It's like blasphemy. <laughs> It's like you might as well buy that hard Ronzoni shit, you know? <laughs> the, the one that you just bake in the oven kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, those ones, not bad either. <laughs> those ones I do for the American ones. Says the guy that yeah, owns the Italian with restaurant. The, with all the ricotta. <laughs> yeah, bro, we don't do fresh pasta. It, it's labor It's labor intense. It is. Labor uh, of love for sure, man. Yeah, uh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, and I don't do it, like, if there's more than six people gonna be at dinner i won't do it i, I just oh, say yeah, like yeah. i can't do it like i do it for the four of us and that's it <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But anyway, I, I what I would we got we got sidetracked. What I was going to say is that I'm the same way. Like I do my Italians on Sunday, but like I just went through a Southeast Asian. I was doing like Vietnamese pork chops. Like now that it's grilling season, I've been doing a lot of like I did uh, some grilled um, Thai meatballs and some Vietnamese oh, marinated pork those chops. Those are the like, best. Oh. oh man, it's like I love that. Vietnamese that food is so good, bro. The spices, the fish sauces, the fresh lime juice, and the mint, and, the, and all the herbs and aromatics. My spices are only Italian or Asian. Like any in my cupboard, everything. There's nothing else. So I feel this. I don't know. I go through yeah, in the winter time. I do. Together, I go through know? Indian. <laughs> in the yeah. Oh, I. Oh, you got like you got the, all the warm spices, the cinnamon, you, and the garam masala. And it's like you know, I do Tom makes in the, his own garam masala. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, I don't do that. Oh, yeah, I, was like, <laughs> I live. I live one subway stop from He's Jackson Heights, man. I could like I get my I I get it from the spice market. I'll get it from Patel Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, though they got they got good spices though out there. I love Queens. Queens. I mean, well, you said you live in in Queens or uh, yeah, we live. Well, I'm I'm in Forest Hills. I live so like one oh, subway yeah, stop from amazing. Jackson Heights, and Mikey's from. Uh, from Forest Hills, but lives I'm lives from uptown. Forest Hills. Yeah, but now I'm on. Uh, I'm up. I'm in Hamilton Heights. I almost said what street I was on. I gotta uh, check it out. I love Queens. It's so diverse. I was out there eating uh, the other day. I had some some roti. Oh man, I'm just the, the amount of diversity. They said it's the most diverse uh, borough I think in the whole United States. But yeah. so when it comes to Guyanese, to I mean, it's so much over there. In Jackson Heights, the neighborhood Tom was just talking about, there's over 100 languages spoken. You can't even name 100 languages. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I dig it. I mean, and and you know what? I'm I'm grateful for it for because of my kids. Like my kids walk home from a school. Blessing. A blessing. Oh man, and they walk home and they're God like, bless. "We're going to so and so's dad's bodega in Jamaica. We're gonna we're going to stop by the the lady and get the pupusas out of the shopping. She sells them out of the shopping that cart. Culture, you know, man. like." I love it. I love it. I couldn't. That's the beauty of New else. York. Absolutely, a hundred percent. It's a beautiful thing. All right, I got. I got a question for you. Then, what is what is your favorite grandma's food? What's the favorite? What's your favorite food that your grandma made? I mean, I know it's you can't just pick one, it's but if tough. if you had to pick one, like what are you craving right now? If my grandma was throwing down right now, I'll <laughs> definitely. Oh man, she does these um, yuca, these cassava. Oh. She okay, makes word. dumplings out of these cassava mm-hmm. and she stuffs them either with cheese or ground beef. And oh, cassava, wow. when you grind it, it has like this nice texture to it. It has a bite to it, but it, it's a, it's called chulito, she calls it, chulitos. And it's just ground up cassava, maybe an egg to bind it, a little bit of flour, and then she'll take her hand and put some cooked ground beef in it and she'll deep fry it. And it just makes this beautiful golden brown, delicious. Uh, that's comfort. Joe. That's like the definition of comfort food. Yeah, oh. like some, something yeah. like from the the hometown with yeah. a little like fried, and then with fried. just like flavors that everyone flavors. likes. And oh, I'm I'm big on salted cod. Her salted cod, stewed salted cod with onions and like uh, cassava. And cooked in a like a tomato and a tomato stewie with a little bit of white rice, uh, avocado, and some fried plantains. I'm getting you. Oh, that's man. like that's comfort for me. That's grandma. I guess the salted cod is something. So I I just came back from Jamaica and we we had a chef that was staying with us that was just cooking all like he's like, what do you guys want? And we were like, just everything local. Like and there that's was how you got to do it. That's yeah, how you gotta do it. It was and there was salt cod. For he was breakfast, super lunch, happy, and dinner. Right? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, oh yeah. If I was a no-brainer for him, he was like, "Oh, this oh, is good." Oh man, he was loving it. Aki and salt cod, and like you know, I gotta so, try that dish. Oh man, it was so good. And and then then I started like in I, I'm Italian. We have a lot of salt cod around the holidays. We do you know bacala. We do that around the bacala. holidays. And I was like, "Why am I only eating this once a year, man? I need to start putting this shit on everything all the time because it was just so good." I was like, "For breakfast, we're having like fruit with salt cod on it, and it was so good." Bro, it's so true. You had a jackfruit, right? Oh, the aki. I mean, the The aki and saltfish. Yeah, aki and saltfish. That's 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 like home comfort food. That's the best thing to do when you go to another country and you just go and have the food from the locals. You know, it's kind of, you know, sometimes they cater to the tour, I mean, to the guests or whatnot. But when you get out there, go to a hall on the wall spot and you eat from the country and it, it tells a lot, you know. We had, the, we talked to the chef like right before and I was like, look, man, I'm like, 
when we got there, he made us, you know, safe. He made us pasta with shrimp. And I was just like, you know what? All right, cool. That was delicious. But like, I don't want that, man. I want like, you know, I want fish escovich. I want like all of like oh, the stuff man, that you're going to make. Oh, man, so delicious. Oh, my God. I, yeah, I, I my... can't believe I haven't had that before. That was like, that was crazy. That was so good. <laughs> it's super flavorful. It's just, and it's just like the whole acid. Give me a second. This dog right here is getting me. <laughs> no, it's she, all right, she man. Get my end of, she's she getting wants my, pie. <laughs> she wants, yeah, she wants a pie. She wants my undivided attention all the time. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right, so, so listener, Adam, you can't. Adam brought the, Adam dog, brought the dog on, on to the yeah, podcast. I'm sorry, this is not a video podcast, my, but like, yeah, look at that dog. <laughs> one of my intervited attention. My baby and right here. Her name is. She up. can't hear us either because she can't. She's just looking. She's like, what's going on over here? <laughs> like, I see these people in the video. Her name is Creme Brulee. Her name is Brulee for short, but I named the Creme Brulee. I love you know, it. She was like, <laughs> she looked like a little Creme Brulee when I got her. She's oh, a Terrier for those listening. <laughs> um she's beautiful yeah look thank you thank you the salt yeah everything yeah I'm, I'm big on the oxtail as well over there in jamaica the oxtails and all that stuff yep the, that was my um, birthday dinner he asked me what i wanted for my because i was down there for my birthday and I, he's like what do you want for your birthday i can make you anything i was like i want curry goat and oxtail oh like, my god oh, that's you're it. making me hungry yeah <laughs> so man, good curry man. Goat can never go wrong with that <laughs> <laughs> the best well, I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, Adam. This is like this. This was awesome. I appreciate you guys. I'm glad. I'm glad you guys. You know, having for having me. Is there anything you want to plug? Uh, any events? Your social? If someone wants to reach out to you for an event, you know, and this is this is the time. Plug away. Oh, definitely. You know, um, definitely check out my Instagram at the Legend Sun. Um. And that's about it, you know. Right now, I'm just so fo- focused with Julius and the playoffs. He's in the playoffs too. Yeah, he's- Adams in the playoffs right now. <laughs> I'm in this there. Is- so, so it's crunch time. I might be there a couple of more, like you know, working a couple of extra hours in there, just helping him out. Um, plus the injury, you know, he's he's recovering pretty quick. You know, I I'm excited for him to see him on the floor. I think he's gonna he's gonna go he's gonna kill it when he gets back to the floor playing ball because he's he's hungry. He wants to get back already. I could tell. You could tell that he's one of those guys who who can't, you know, like he's got to do whatever he can he's to to get better. But it's he's killing him when man. he's not out there. It's killing him not to be out yeah, there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But he's. I'm excited. I'm excited. What's to come? Uh, uh, hopefully, we could do this guy. Um, do this again for sure. Absolutely, man. You're Appreciate always you welcome to come back. And and I'm serious, man. If you ever want to take a trip out to Long Island, Julius doesn't have to come. He can come. But he can bring his family. <laughs> but if you ever want to take a trip out and, and eat some oysters, man, I got, you know, share some drinks, cook some meals, and uh, eat some That'd seafood. That'd be amazing. <laughs> we have some blue points out there. Yeah. yeah. It's, so uh, on the East Coast, they're all sort of the same species. And where I raise mine are right outside of, like, South Hold Bay. So it's like Yeah, I would love to just see Bay. that. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, to learn. It's a great little place out it's there. It's super, super cool. That's amazing. Yeah, I got to see it. Definitely, we got to we got to coordinate, make that happen. Nice, nice. In the off season, in the off season. Now you got to keep Definitely. Julius healthy. <laughs> Definitely. All right, Adam. Hi guys. Thanks, man. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So that was awesome. That was great. Thank you for for setting up that interview. He was he was just amazing. He's so inspiring to listen to. Mikey, as our years long tradition that we started last episode, it, we're gonna end the podcast with. What is the tastiest thing that you ate over the past week since we last recorded? What is the tastiest thing that you ate or drank? You could talk about your oysters in in West Palm. You could talk about espresso martinis. So, what is the uh, tastiest thing you put in your body? We the oysters were the number one. Number two, we went to another spot called Doctor Limon. Terrible name, awful name for a restaurant. Doctor Limon. It's Dr. A, Limon sounds like he sounds like a plastic surgeon in Brazil. Yeah, it, it's that's not that far off. He it is a uh, Nikkei cevicheria, so it's a Japanese Peruvian food, and with a focus on ceviche. And they did um, nice. This appetizer was four different ceviches, all the corvina, the white fish, but in mm-hmm. in a leche de tigre, in a red sauce, and a yellow sauce, and a huancaina, which is a potato cheese sauce. Like with all the accoutrement that come with ceviche, the sweet potato, the choclo, the white corn, the uh, salsa criolla, the uh, which is like a pickled red onion sort of vibe, 
Um, yeah, it was just like we we got that. We got a uh, tiradito, which is sort of like if ceviche, if sashimi was ceviche. It's like thin slices of fish with the uh, citrus plated on top of it. So we got a. Uh, is it like a like a crudo in Italian? Kind of. Like, so like it, this one was like thin slices of octopus, and then it was a uh, mm-hmm. olive, uh, a, a Peruvian purple olive puree on top of it. Oh, okay. Um, cool. Like if you if you saw a tiradito once, you'd be like, okay, this is a tiradito. You just have to like have a little familiarity with it. Um, and then we both got entrees, and it was too much food, and we were like, shit, we should just shared one entree because this appeti- this ceviche appetizer was like so good. Uh, a friend recommended the restaurant to me, and I shot him a text as soon as we left, being like, you nailed this. Like, what a great place. What about you? So last Saturday, it was pouring rain here in New York. All of my kids' sports were canceled, and we took advantage of that by going to New York Food Court in Flushing, which is an old school. Not, I, I mean, it's been around for a while, but it is a, it is a staple of the Flushing like Chinese Asian food court world. I'm gonna say two things. I said the the number one best bite that I had was from Fat Cat Flatbread, which just really, really crispy flatbreads that are folded over and stuffed with different things. And their curry beef flatbread is just a perfect little cheapo lunch. And it is just this super crispy flatbread, super fresh ingredients made right there, right, you know, as you're waiting. $5, you walk away with something that looks like two oh, slices of that. pizza folded over on top we, of we one another. We love a $5 lunch. And, and we did not just stop there. We had, you know, different meats and, you know, duck and goose and all of this crazy stuff. You go into, a, you know, a, a food hall in Flushing, you're going to eat well for cheap. So I will say that that in conjunction with the dinner that I made that night, which was basically just a dim sum for dinner type thing we went to um sky foods which is a gigantic asian grocer in flushing and bought a whole bunch of dumplings a whole bunch of buns um chicken wings i made five spice chicken wings with my son made a kimchi dipping sauce to go with the wings which was like amazing he does a lot of kimchi he loves kimchi he loves korean food like it it's insane (laughs) Then I made a stir-fried Taiwanese flat cabbage. It's like a springtime cabbage that is really sweet and really tender. The combination of the food court stuff and that was just that was it was like a perfect day. Mike, thanks for thanks for joining me today to uh, to podcast and thanks to the listeners. If you like the show, make sure you review it. Share it, recommend it to a friend. Follow us on social, uh, not a foodie show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Follow me on social. Mikey Pomodoro is my restaurant on Instagram. Chicken Parm Poppy are all my innermost thoughts and Yankee tweets on Twitter. And also shout out to the WGA standing for you, standing up for you guys, standing with you guys. Television means so much to me. Uh, especially in the the world that we live in now, where the, the television is my favorite medium and the the quality of TV is insane, uh, you got you all deserve uh, your fair time.